outlaws driving their throbbing steel machines. I'm Mike, I'm your host, and tonight I have the pleasure of welcoming to the show uh, a gentleman from the west coast of Canada who was in the um, show class magazine's People's Champ uh, throwdown, I guess if you want to call it that. It was it was pretty brutal. There was a lot of beautiful bikes. Um, his bike, however, was the only bike there with, I would say, at least more than two pieces of hand sand cast uh, parts made specifically for his bike. The bike was called Steam Hammer. So welcome to the show, Travis McClelland from High Test Speed and Machine. Thanks, man. Good to be here. Dude, it's awesome to have you, man. I was uh, I was just thinking back, and even while we were talking before the show, I was thinking back to that night, uh, that Friday night at the uh, Born, at the, I want to call it Born Free, but the, the People's Champ um, show, and just how stoked I was when I saw your bike, not to mention how stoked my wife was. She was ready to kind of see how we could finagle that bike out of the show. Well, it's for sale if you want it. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could afford it, man. Really, I do. Maybe if I, I sell the, hey, I could sell the podcast. That's an idea. <laughs> um, yeah, we we were just stoked for you. We saw the bikes, um, and to be included in something you know like that uh, with Show Class, who has a huge subscriber base and just pretty much is at the epicenter of you know custom chopper culture. Uh, to be included in that, it had to have been huge for you. you had to be pretty stoked. Yeah, it was, it was amazing. Like it was, uh, I've been. It was funny because last year, my friend, I, I was like, I'm going to go to Born Free. I'm going to somehow get into this pro builder thing. And they're like, well, No, that's like impossible. Like you're some kid from Canada. That you can't do that. You have to go there, and then you have to be rad, and then you have to get invited back. And then randomly, the show class thing happened, and somehow I got there. I mean, I still wasn't the pro builder thing, but it was it was close enough for me. I still got to born free. Hey, you pretty so, much you pretty much went from zero to sixty, I think. Exactly. <laughs> I I didn't even have an iPhone before right. six months ago, <laughs> and now right. I've got Instagram, and people look at things, so that's pretty amazing. <laughs> you know, Instagram I think has got to be uh, probably the new social uh, standard or networking social networking standard. I think. Because I guess so. I'm just I, I just like it because I can take pictures and I have to take a camera and then put a cord to it, right? And then put it to a computer because that stuff I did never worked. So this <laughs> thing I can just go click click, cool, that works. And done. you're and you're done. It's it's retard style. I like it. And then I'm commenting. So figure out. I'm commenting on your photo, going that is bitching. <laughs> <laughs> it's the pat on the back machine. You can oh, put anything man. on there, and <laughs> so true. So true. I think I heard someone else call it the ego machine or something like that, where, you know, it's just people. Yeah, it's pretty funny, man. I don't know. It's, uh, I'm not a big technology guy, and uh, I don't know. It's it's an odd one. It's definitely weird to be able to, like, in real time talk to people that you're, like, 
been looking at their stuff for years and years and years and be like, that's rad. And then he's like, yeah, I know. And you're like, what? You're talking to like, me. I remember the, the first day I put a picture of me welding mm-hmm. and uh, I didn't even know how to set Instagram up actually. So my friend uh, did it for me and he put a bunch of pictures up and one of them was just me welding something and Paul Cox liked it. And I was like, how did that happen? Like <laughs> Paul Cox. Oh my God. That's awesome. So that was a bit of a mind blower. <laughs> we we didn't come here to talk about social networking or uh, other builders. We came here to talk about you and um, find out how you got to be Travis McClelland 2013. Um, you, I, I usually like to ask the question, you know, what was your home life like? I mean, what was being a kid in the McClelland household like? Uh, it was it was pretty gnarly. Like my my parents got divorced when I was super young, mm-hmm. so my dad freaked off. And then uh, basically anything I wanted to do, my mom was like, yeah, that's cool. Like, you know, so I I was into photography when I was younger. I was always into kind of like arty stuff, like photography and uh, BMX and whatever. And anything I wanted to do, she was down to help me with. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It was was good stuff. What... um... (laughs) <laughs> what uh you, I know you mentioned BMX in there and I'm going to ask you about that in a second but what uh, about what age were you when your parents got divorced? Uh, I don't know probably I remember so it must have been ages ago probably 5 hmm. something like that. So I, yeah, my mom was a huge influence on me like basically she owned her own business and she made stuff by hand like she sewed mm-hmm. and uh so I kind of took after that and uh yeah, I remember yeah, just she taught me to sew when I was like ten years old. I was making my own shorts and pants and t-shirts and stuff like that. So that's awesome. That's a great trade. I mean, well, I, should, I should say I, trade. I couldn't, but... I couldn't do it now, but uh, I could back in the day. That's a great that good, but that's a great skill just to have in general. I mean, you get a hole in your socks instead of throwing them out, you sew them. You know. There you go. <laughs> well, it works now being a welder because all my pants are melted, so I can right. put them back together. <laughs> that's true. Um. <laughs> So you mentioned BMX. Uh, I too rode dirt. Uh, so what? What was the scene like in Canada? BMXing. I was pretty good. I mean, I don't know. There wasn't really much of a scene. I mean, it was probably about ten dudes, and we just, <laughs> which sweet scene, man. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, we used to go to the skate park every day, and that kind of kept me out of trouble in high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, used to ride a bike for probably six hours a day, like every day, just from, like, 3 in the afternoon when we got out of school to, like, you know, as late as the lights would be on at the skate park. And, uh, yeah, it was good traveling around, and I think that's kind of what got me addicted to, like, anything, like, repairing it, like, two-wheel stuff, you know, like, Mm -hmm. fixing flats and this and that and, you know, painting old junk bikes you find on the side of the road, you know. Yeah. What kind of bike did you ride? Uh, what do you mean, like brand name? Yeah, what what kind of, I mean, I'm, I'm assuming you rode a, what is it, 20? Yeah, it was a 20-inch little 20 BMX. Inch. Okay. But it was, uh, I don't know, I'm looking at it right now, a We the People Thrill Seeker 21-inch 20, top tube. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It, it it was rad like 10 years ago. Now it's kind of a pile, but. Well, no, because I, I, I know, I mean, at least I know a little bit about the BMX scene and, and that when everybody was buying, you know, uh, GT Mach ones and like, um, Dinas or Dinos, sorry, Dinos. 
People buy oh, yeah, dinos that now. Was like, that was like way earlier. That was like in the 90s. Like you're talking like the plastic mags on them. I just showed my age, didn't I? <laughs> no, I, those are the bikes that like when, when I would go like on junk day, those are the bikes that I'd find and be like, no way, this one's got mags, like three spoke, five spoke, like bring them home, paint them up. Look at the like, patina on that bike. <laughs> yeah, that one. Yeah, stuff like that. Like those are the rad ones. I remember actually getting a GT that was chrome on mm-hmm. junk day. And it was all kind of rusted, and I, that was, like, my first foray into, like, making stuff look good when it was crap, and the getting, like, mom's Scotch-Brite pads yep. and, like, polishing it up. And then I found, uh, I think it was, like, when eBay first came out, like, ages and ages ago, mm-hmm. and you could buy old sticker sets. So I bought a sticker set and made it look all brand new. That's awesome. Sold it to some kid on Craigslist or whatever. <laughs> like, See, yeah, I- this is dope. Buy this. I love that because I I was that kid that you know waited and waited and waited and waited forever to get a BMX bike. I mean, I had every bike but a BMX bike until I finally somehow swindled my parents into buying me a GT Pro Series, and I, that was the premier bike. I mean, I I love that bike, and then I ended up trading it for a PK Ripper. Do you remember PKs? Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I I never knew anyone who had one of those. But I remember seeing the ads because I think they were still making them or something. Mm-hmm. The, that was the one with like the ovalized tubing. Yep, and it was uh, all aluminum. It was yes. It, the seat posts uh, actually the the mounting part in the frame would break if uh, if you put too much tension on the seat post, which mine did. So that's well designed. Yeah, super well. <laughs> apparently, <laughs> apparently they were hard to actually break, but um, especially if you put landing gear forks on them and you know, some, some good solid, um, cranks and stuff, but I never broke mine, but I ended up finally retiring it, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> good I've bike, had a few though. guys come to me being like, can you weld my, like, DMXers will snap their head tube? Yeah. And they're like, can you weld my head tube on? I'm like, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> don't come to me if this thing snaps off. Right. Because I know what these dudes do with the things, like. Yeah. 30 foot dirt jumps and all this crazy stuff. Like Dude. I haven't, I haven't touched. Well, I, I, I like old man, like pedal around, mm-hmm. but I haven't actually like done anything in like 10 years since I like destroyed my ankle and then discovered liquor and motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably better that way. I think I got on a BMX, like a neighbor's bike a while back, probably about 10 years ago. And I tried pulling a wheelie and ended up, you know, being, too strong for it or too big for the bike and ended up flipping it out from underneath me and thinking, yep, I'm done. Like, this yeah, is not for me anymore. Yeah, it hurts a lot more as you get older, I noticed. Oh, man, it does. <laughs> I skinned my ankle like a month ago. It still hurts. I'm a pussy now. Right. <laughs> That's what's happened to me. I hit like 36 and I was like, God, falling down hurts and it hurts yeah. for a while. <laughs> and all the all the 40 or 50 year olds that are listening to this are going, you guys, freak, wait till you hit 50. Yeah. <laughs> So you BMX for a while and kept you out of trouble. Um, what, did you ever have any contact with your dad after your after your parents split? No, I still talk to him. It, it's actually nuts. I've got a shop like in Tilbury, mm-hmm. which well, I mean, you don't know what Tilbury is, but it's in like an industrial thing. And he's he's got a shop like two blocks away. And I never even see the dude, which is fucking weird. Like sometimes he'll walk his dog like down the road, mm-hmm. and I'll see him and be like, "Hey," and he'll be like, "Oh, hey," like the fuck. <laughs> Does he know? Like, I'm old enough to drink. Come by for a beer, dude. Anyway. Does, does he know he's your dad? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if he got the memo yet. Wow. That's <laughs> tough, man. I mean, how, and forgive me from jumping from being, you know, funny uh, and laughing 
around the situation to being serious about it. But I mean, how does that make you feel, you know, knowing that that's your dad walking by and he doesn't really acknowledge that I'm here? Uh, I don't know, dude. I gave up ages ago. I remember he was super good on drums, or at mm-hmm. least I thought he was. I don't know if he was actually good on drums. And uh, <laughs> I guess I just used to think he was. I have no idea. If I saw him now, I don't know if he'd be actually, you know, anything. But I remember I was like, oh, fuck, I'll, I'll get good at drums. So I tried to get all super good at drums because I was going to be like, check out this new, you know, this new beat I came up with. And then he didn't give a fuck. So I was like, screw that. I just stopped huh. caring years ago <laughs> it's funny though because like we shot um the panhand for hot bike mm-hmm. like three weeks ago and i i ran into him and i'm like oh we just shot it for hot bike he's like oh it's cool <laughs> whatever dude <laughs> like okay is he into motorcycles at all no he's he's like wood guy okay. like he likes uh he's, he owns a construction company or whatever okay. so when you say motorcycles he didn't get it you could put like a harley like stock brand new diner or something next to the pan and you wouldn't know the difference. Hmm. <laughs> so it's not a big deal either way. Like, and actually I should bring this up. Never mind my dad, but my mom's boyfriend, actually, John, he was the dude that actually got me into motorcycles. In, well, not, not fully, but in, in kind of the fact that he just had motorcycles. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty nuts. And he was actually the guy who I traded a paint job for to get the first Yamaha. Huh. Which was gnarly. And he act like he's got like like he retired a few years ago, so he just builds stuff and restores stuff. Like he he doesn't like fucking cutting things up and whatever. In fact he told me the first bike I built that I was ruining it. He's <laughs> like, Don't do that, you're destroying it. It would have it was a Yamaha, like he's like, You could have put vintage plates on that and ridden it around. I was like, Okay. And it would have Never mind, old man. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna cut it in half and fucking Scab on a rear section. My, <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't even weld properly. Just like, whatever. My response to that is always the same when people are like, why? What are you doing to that bike? Like, I had a guy at my work give me a hard time about messing around with my bike because it's new and or newer, 2003. And I told the yeah. guy, I'm like, what do you mean? Why am I doing that? It's my bike. I want to make it the way I want. Like, yeah. don't you do that to your bike? You go and buy the saddlebags and the chrome pieces and, you know, whatever other buying parts you can buy and glue onto your bike. Well, I'm doing yeah. the reverse. I'm cutting things off and making my own parts, so deal with it. It's not your bike. Well, that was the thing. I remember when I was when I was 17, I bought a 69 Chevelle, mm-hmm. and it was, I've got it, like, I don't even know if, I guess at the time I didn't think of it as, like, a super good deal, but I got it, and it was running, like, it was full of rust, but I got it for, like, thousand bucks or something, mm-hmm. which is pretty gnarly like i don't know if you could still get the same deal today but um because i haven't even been to cars forever but i got that and then i was like and then i did you know made it rad painted it because mm-hmm. i went to school for paint and then so painted it filled with the rustles whatever put craggers on it and i was like well is that it like you know you can't <laughs> fuck with it at all yeah you just like you paint it you put like the ss hood on it and you do a motor swap and then you like get some sticker decals and then that's the end of it. Then you just drive it. And I was like, well, that's not very fulfilling, <laughs> you know, whereas yeah. with motorcycles, you can go to like the thrift store and you're looking at a candelabra or something weird, mm-hmm. like, or like a fish tank. And you're like, oh, I could totally cut that off. And like, you know, I could cut that 
thing off, braise it to a plate, and then drill the plate and make it into an air cleaner. You know, like right. weird stuff. It your mind's always going. Whereas with cars, if you did that, like tried to make a you know a different filler for your Chevelle, you'd look like a weirdo. Sure. <laughs> like with the <laughs> with no, a fishbowl braised on there. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean you can you can definitely do it. I mean, there's different cars you can do it with, but. But, you know, like a boogie van, you can do whatever the hell you want with it. Sure. <laughs> you know, you can paint wizards and fucking scenes of anything, the jungle on there, Tarzan, whatever. But, like, with yeah, with a Chevelle, it's basically like you paint it and that's it. That's done. And I was like, that's, that wasn't that fun. That costs a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. like, can I have my money back? I'm ready to roll it into a bike. <laughs> yeah, and you can't fake it either. It's just parts you buy. Yeah. You can't, like, cast your own craggers. Like... <laughs> Whereas with motorcycles, you only need, like, one. It's like, oh, that magnesium eight-spoke or whatever. Like, oh, I found it in a barn. Like, I'll just take the machine shop and, you know. Fix it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Make no, it into something. It's true. It's true. What? Um, so at what point then, I mean, you mentioned your, your mom's boyfriend that got you kind of into motorcycles. What was the pivotal uh, moment for you that you said, I want to – play with these things that are you know two-wheeled motor crazy machines like i like them that's actually a gnarly one because some people think it's cheesy because it's jesse james Mm -hmm. but like like i don't know the dude he can fabricate so whatever absolutely uh like but i remember i was in i was like i can't remember if i was 15 or 16 and like i'm only 26 now this is like 10 years ago Mm -hmm. and uh so i watched easy rider and I think, you know, someone had, I was sitting in someone's car and then the, the song, The Wait by the band came on mm-hmm. and I was like, what is this? And they're like, oh, it's like the soundtrack from Easy Rider. I'm like, what's Easy Rider? And then, so they're like, you have to watch it. So I watched Easy Rider and then like that same week, um, Motorcycle Mania 1 came out mm-hmm. and I was like, holy fuck. Like it was the, they had the helicopter shot of Jesse James, like rolling solo through the desert mm-hmm. on some bike he just built. And I was mm-hmm. like, that's it that's it and then i went out to the garage and i like we had some haggard printer and i printed out the west coast choppers logo mm-hmm. and then like got clear packing tape and stuck it to the head tube of my bmx and nice. i was like that's you know that's the shit and then uh but at that point i couldn't really weld so i can't remember what the guy's name is um there were two two dudes at the time uh they were painting for Jesse James, mm-hmm. or there's probably more than that, but um, the gnarly thing was like, so I couldn't weld my goal. I was going to be a painter, mm-hmm. but I was messing around with motorcycles. And so um, one of the guys that I idolized and, and when I got into painting and then I got into custom painting was Hot Dog, like Pete Finlam, mm-hmm. which is like Jesse's painter. And uh, the, the nuts thing about that was is that the voting boxes were all hand painted by Pete Finland or hot dog. Hmm. And so when I saw that, I was like, Holy crap. Like I've already won. I was so stoked when I got wow. down there. I saw that. I'm like, that's crazy. That is pretty cool. I didn't know that actually. That's yeah, awesome. Cause I think he was, I think he was the guy who was who painted the bike. Cause I think in uh, motorcycle mania one or something, it was uh, the Sturgis special or something. They were, cause I remember him like he was bending the down tube, like, yeah, I don't know. And all that stuff, like metal fabrication, I was like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Well, so. and like you said, you know, say what you want about Jesse and his life and, you know, all that. We've yeah, never... Yeah, are all like, he cheated on. It's like, oh, give it a rest. Like, who cares? Yeah. Like, I don't give a crap what he did. I'm like, he can weld and he can 
make stuff out of metal. That's all I need to know. And and he is <laughs> like, I mean, if if you follow him now on Instagram, I mean, you see the shots of his shop and stuff. And not to get off on him, but it's, I mean, he is a true fabricator. The problem is, is obviously, you know, he's lived a life in the spotlight, and none of us know what that's like. It's it's got to yeah. be a pain in the ass or difficult to deal with when he just wants to do what he wants to do, just craft and fabricate. But he's fantastic at it. Oh yeah, it's nuts, and he, he keeps pushing it too. Like, like I got into casting because I wanted to keep pushing it, and then I saw he was doing a uh, forging and blacksmithing. I was yep. like, oh, now I gotta now I gotta make a forge. <laughs> yeah. That's the next thing. But then I got to get a power hammer, and where am I going to find one of them? I just have to get stronger. Dude, he <laughs> has some of the craziest equipment. I mean, he's got some old, old equipment that he's paid, you know, for and restored and brought to the shop and put into production. It's gnarly. Yeah, no, that that stuff's rad. And uh, and the craziest thing, I don't, I, I don't know if I'm totally making this up because maybe someone will be listening to this. And I might be completely wrong, but like someone was saying like the the front end the forks that he made of the stainless mm-hmm. like the stainless like the stuff that i don't get yet is like metallurgy mm-hmm. and all that stuff but like apparently the stainless that he has it has to be beaten with the yoder to like give it structural integrity like at certain temperatures and then it's like because stainless like is prone to just cracking mm-hmm. like really bad so apparently i don't know like he takes it and beats the hell out of it and then makes it like structurally sound and then made into that stainless springer. I could be completely wrong. No, I mean, it's like hearing this being like, you're an idiot. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) come to my shop, homie. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. We'll figure it out together. No, he's, um, (laughs) I think, I think that's right. And I think I've heard the same thing. So, um, West coast choppers kind of, I should say, Jesse really kind of pushed you over to where you're like, this is what I want to do. Well, I mean, that was the first thing. I mean, the, I mean, there was there was nothing up here. Like there was mm-hmm. the only thing was like all the magazines. Like I think even Street Shopper at the time. Like you know, so this is like ten years ago. I mean, I think they were all like pushing the, you know, big you know just bikes that I didn't get stoked on. Right. Like the the first bikes that I remember seeing, and I actually I read something yesterday, and I guess it was so it was probably like two thousand three. Like whenever who's that dude who's saying super freak. James James Brown? Uh, no. Um, no. Gosh, what is his name? The guy who was with Whitney Houston, the crazy one. I can't uh, remember. I know who you're talking about. People are gonna be listening to this. They're like, freak. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know, but anyway, I know who he you're died, and then and then um, and then there was and then uh, the day that he died was the day that uh, Chopper Dave finished uh, Super. Well, he named it Super Freak after whenever I can't remember the Rick James. Rick James, gosh, I'm Rick James, man. Yeah, fuck <laughs> <laughs> it. Yeah, so day Rick James died, Chopper Dave finished that blue bike with the huge apes, mm-hmm. and uh, that thing was nuts. Indian Larry's stuff was nuts. Yeah, um, all those dudes. Like when I started getting into it, like. I mean, even still, I mean, yeah, they're on TV, but they could fabricate, and they were like, you know, they knew what they were doing, and like, and there was another guy, uh, I can't remember what his name was, but it was, there were very few bikes, and I remember seeing another bike, and I think it's actually one of the Bones Legacy bikes, mm-hmm. like all those bikes, I, you know, they were at Born Free, but you know the big swirly exhaust, like, yeah. crazy ones? There's mm-hmm. one bike, it's like an orange and yellow one. Mm-hmm. And it's in a VL frame, I think. I don't know if it's, it might be a flathead. I can't remember. But that was in some magazine years ago, and I was like, that thing's crazy. And uh, I probably there are probably six bikes that really influenced like the style of 
what I was stoked on mm-hmm. at the time. Like, and it was, and it's all dudes are still around today and still making crazy stuff. See, and I think, I think that's cool. I mean, in, in this regard, you know, a lot of guys who are maybe just a little bit older than you and, you know, around, maybe around my age, um, they're, a lot of their influences come from earlier, um, earlier influences, you know, come from the bikes that were around in like the sixties and seventies and, and maybe not so much like the Jesse James, the Indian Larry, even though Indian Larry has that history, you know, he's been around for yeah. a long time. Um, but they, they come more from like the, the John Harmon's, the, um, the guys. Well, yeah, John you, Harmon. that's like, like I've, I, I gain a lot of influence from them now, but as far as just getting into it from knowing absolutely nothing, right. being some 16 year old kid in Canada, right. like, that was the first stuff I saw. I mean, now I know all about John Harmon. Actually, for the next bike, I want to build a a, sh- a short version of his uh, Spurter, which would be nuts. Oh, I don't dude. even know if that would work. I'd have no idea. And I'm still trying to figure out how he held the spring in the rear leg, because that's been blowing my mind for a while. <laughs> he's he's but, uh, um, probably one of my favorite um, fabricators, builders, engineers right now. Um, yeah. Just because of, you know, seeing what he did um, when everybody else was doing their thing you know he's just a, he was a great engineer and yeah uh, and it shows in this that's stuff. what i like i like smart dudes who you know just take pride like if you like all the people i look up to in all this stuff are just i don't know like i'm the fabrication guy so if like some dude's just killing it with some crazy part i'm like holy you know mm-hmm. that's the stuff that gets me stoked that's awesome but, uh, yeah so i, under- yeah, I, I understand never, i was never i was never down with like you know, the huge, huge tire. That was, I always thought that kind of looked ridiculous. Even not knowing what the hell I was looking at yeah. and having no one tell me, like, that stuff's gay, you know? Yeah. I just always thought it looked kind of weird. Well, okay, so so you're introduced to choppers. Now you have a, a passion. Um, what is or what was the first bike that you got your hands on and started tearing apart? Uh, I was a 76, 650 Yamaha. Nice. And, uh, Actually, well, prior to that, I mean, I had a scooter, which I didn't really do much to other than crash it. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I didn't really modify that one. Uh, but, yeah, no, it was a 76 Yamaha 650. And uh, within the first half hour of owning it, I'd basically torn everything off of it. And I'd already ordered a bunch of stuff. And just, yeah, I don't know. I was just stoked. It was funny because I would have had one probably a year earlier, mm-hmm. but I didn't know enough about chopping up stock bikes to like no like until I went out there mm-hmm. and looked at it. It ended up being a Yamaha Virago, which is like really not a cool bike to chop. Even <laughs> yeah. though, mind you, at the time I didn't know that 650s would be dope either because like I didn't know anyone with the bike at all. So like, I, as far as I was concerned, they were all harsh because they're all Yamahas. But <laughs> but the Virago is real bad because it's well. First off, it's Prince's Purple Rain bike, which okay. I didn't know because I was like born in '86. So I, apparently, that's not a cool bike to have. <laughs> and there was uh, and also it's shaft driven. So I almost chopped that one up, and then at the last minute, I was like, "How do I shorten the dr- or lengthen the drive shaft?" And I was like, "I don't get it." But I didn't I didn't do that. So the yeah the 650 was red, and it came with spoked wheels. So mm-hmm. yeah. Basically, it was chain driven and spoked wheels, so I was stoked. That's and, uh, uh, that's definitely a benefit. Shaft. What's that? <laughs> I said that's definitely a benefit over the shaft drive for sure. Yeah, shaft drive with like haggard mags and like 
Yeah, and having associations with Prince. Mind you, I, I wasn't around in the 80s, so I don't know. Maybe he was rad. Maybe it would have made it better. <laughs> I don't know. Could have flaked it purple. Might have been cool. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> slip, in, slip in the name Rain in there, and, and you would have had a stoked bike. Exactly. Purple people eater. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> right. Um, that's rad. I mean, you know, a lot of people don't even get to start off with, uh, with, with an excess or anything like that. I mean, they, they jump right into, you know, messing with an iron head or, or they, you know, they get a Honda and they chop that. It's, um, well, yeah, it was, it was good having a Yamaha, especially that it was free. I didn't trade for it yeah. because like if I had paid money for it, I probably wouldn't have just instantly cut it in half, you sure. know, sure. <laughs> like, so I'd like was able to just. I wasn't scared to do anything because I was like, you know, it didn't cost me anything. I'm like, maybe this might work. Like that was my thing. Like I would just cut something in half Mm -hmm. and then be like, I'll figure a way to put it back together and make it better. Like, and then for the most part it works. Sometimes I have to buy a part because I screwed up or something, but (laughs) you know, for the most part, I mean, that was, that was the big learning thing. And, uh, yeah, definitely having a free bike to start out with was, uh, beneficial. Well, and they say the best way to learn is by doing so. Uh, for the most yeah. part, so doing and screwing up and then having to fix it and then learning. Yeah, yeah don't do that again. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, so at what point then we're gonna jump? We're gonna fast forward probably a couple years. But at what point did you decide, hey, you know what? I'm gonna create this thing called uh, high test speed and machine, and this is what I'll do. Um. Well, I yeah. So I was building motorcycles, but as far as a job. Mm-hmm. I was I was still a painter, okay. and um, and then I just I don't know I just got over painting because like I was I had a day job doing painting, and then I also I had a shed that I was painting. It was like a ten by ten shed, and mm-hmm. I was painting like doing airbrushing. I was painting motorcycles, and it was around the time that like every dude would come up and be like, you know, I want true flames, and they're like, but they're like I came up with a crazy idea, like instead of like orange true flames i want like blue and purple and you're like oh god dude right. and uh <laughs> and the funny thing was is that at the time like what i really wanted to do was mm-hmm. like art nouveau chicks mm-hmm. and stuff and uh if i had just kept doing that it probably would have been rad because like jen's doing that now and everyone's like you know jen's the man yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like doing putting chicks faces and stuff yeah but by that point i was just over it because like all these dudes like with Honda or Honda Valkyries or whatever yeah. wanting true flamed out bikes. And I was like, ah. so yeah, I went, uh, I was already welding, but I, you know, was, hadn't gone to school for it. So I went to school for welding and just kind of dope head first. I got a shop and I think initially I was going to make the shop. It, was, it wasn't even a good shop. It was like in a barn, like mm-hmm. an illegal one in the barn. <laughs> and, uh, and initially I was just going to like, um, put a paint boot in. I think like I got it like thinking I was going to put a paint boot in and then ended up just like never doing that and just start building bikes. Hmm. And I don't, I can't even really remember when I decided to call it high test. Like I always kind of like do stuff and then just come up with a name for it later. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't like at no point was there really like, I'm going to make loads of money off motorcycles. Yeah. Like, yeah it was just kind of like I was just doing it anyway. Sure. And if I, you know, at Lord Co or something, which I, you don't have Lord Co, but I don't know, I guess like Pet Boys mm-hmm. or whatever you guys have done in Cali, like 
you know, you get a discount if you have a company name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, okay, well, and this is, I don't know, it's probably like two, I had, it was probably like four years ago that I came up with High Test, mm-hmm. and I had, I had actually another company name. I can't even remember what it was at this point, but I remember my friend saying, like, you, that's like a stupid name. Like, I can't remember what it was, but it, you couldn't even spell it mm-hmm. because, so if you tried Googling it, it wouldn't even show up. Like, you'd end up misspelling it, so <laughs> I was like, hi. And high test is rad because it, it's, I thought it was, like, so rad that I'm surprised no one else took it mm-hmm. before me because it's, like, high octane, and it, it means high octane gasoline and booze, kind of, like, high mm-hmm. test booze, and it's supposed to mean, like, the best of the best. So I was like, well, that's awesome. <laughs> I think what I like most about it, and I would love to hear how you came up with the, the flying pig, but I do. I love the flying pig. Yeah. What was yeah, the- most people, uh, like, it, it's funny because, I don't know, I a lot of the mentality for motorcycles, like, I like what the Japanese guys are doing, mm-hmm. like, and not to jack their style, but just the mentality of how they do stuff, mm-hmm. like, they aren't trying to be super badass, like, you know, like, a flying pig is so anti-badass, it's funny, <laughs> but, you know, like... I don't know. And also, like, there's a million reasons for it. Like, pigs fly. That just means, like, I don't know, like, anything's possible. Like, yeah, me yeah. getting down to California, like, I don't know. I honestly believe, like, if you work hard enough, you can just do whatever you want. Yeah. You, you know? And mm-hmm. and then there's the, it ties in in other ways, too. Like, when um, the Harley race team, like, board track race team, mm-hmm. when they used to win, they'd take a baby pig for the victory lap. Mm-hmm. So, and then I guess that's where, you know, hog, Harley, hog comes in and all that stuff. So it's like tied into Harleys and all that stuff too. And I just thought it was a rad logo. No, I think it's rad. Because people, people see it and they're like, is that an eagle? It's like, oh my God, it's a pig. <laughs> this <Yeah>. guy's weird. <laughs> no, I always I think, like to like, people are thinking like, you know, and they're like, whoa, I don't know. I think the first thing that came, the first thing that came across to me was exactly that. The, you know, when pigs fly, it's like. I mean, that's a common statement down, I would say, here and probably in Canada. It's like, yeah, that'll happen when pigs fly. You know, and it's yeah. like someone, to me, I would take that almost as a challenge. Like, what? You're saying, like, that could basically never happen? Well, I'll watch. I'm going to build a bike, and I'm going to get down to Born Free. Yeah, it's like it's Led Zeppelin. Like, they named it after, you know, that band's going to go down like Led Zeppelin. Yeah. Oh, sweet. Thanks for the name, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, there's a million different reasons for it, but yeah, it's pretty good. And I always said, like, like uh, right now we got a Burmese mountain dog, mm-hmm. and uh, but I think the next pet, when I don't live in an industrial park, is going to be a, just a giant pot-belly pig. And just, <laughs> like, if people come to, like, oh, is this high test? And there's just a giant, like, 500-pound pig in the corner. Like, that would be rad. I don't know. Be like, yeah, and here's our yeah. front counter yeah, person. It, yeah, exactly. Her name's Dolores. <laughs> Be nice to her, or she will rake yeah. you across the coals. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, I think it's a great logo, and I think it really um, it stands out in many, many ways. Not just because it's a flying pig, but in many ways against like the whole backdrop of trying to be, you know, cool on the on the Harley like hog front. You know, with the guys that uh, that just buy factory custom bikes and try to you know glue on parts. There's the whole yeah. Trying, I mean, I don't pretend badass. that I'm some badass or nothing. I just like making stuff. 
Yeah. <laughs> no, so. and, and it and it definitely shows through the bike for sure. Um, you know that your latest bike, I should say, and it shows through. Um, I think in your personality, I think people will get that when they listen to this interview too, that you're not in it for glory or money or, you know, anything. You're just in it because you love it. You have a passion for it. Yeah. I'm just basically obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's it is some... funny though. Like everything I've learned since high school mm-hmm. has been based off motorcycles. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I learned how to paint. I learned how to airbrush. Um, I can leather tool and like I, I bought a dentist drill, like I can engrave. Nice. Uh, cast metal weld TIG weld you know what I mean like but this is all like you know people like look at it like that's so many different things and like since you graduated or whatever but it's like it, in my head it's like all connected like yeah you know the next thing is like build a motor and then there's actually a guy out here like um, I don't know if you have seen it probably not because it's not chopper related but it's like still kind of motorcycle stuff there's a guy um, probably an hour from me, and he is making replica uh, Excelsior Big X or whatever. Hmm. Okay. Um, like, they're super rare old yep. board track racers, and they all got destroyed or whatever because one of the Schwinn, like, bicycle family barons or something, their kid died on it or something, so he destroyed all these things. Hmm. And uh, this guy, an hour from me, he cast the motor and repopped 10 of them. Wow. And... Uh, but anyway, that would be a gnarly thing down the road to be able to build a motor. And, like, dudes like Locke Baker mm-hmm. um, from EFAB, and he's done a lot of work. Like he, I think he turns with uh, uh, Matt, the guy who won Born Free last year. I can't remember his last name. Um, uh, and went to Japan. You, um, yeah, Matt Olson? The Olsons? Yeah, Matt Olson. Yeah. I, I think he's, like, bros with that guy. But he's, like, a crazy fabricator. And he's got a bike. And it's weird because you never even see the bike. But he built the motor from scratch and it's like the cylinders are like out of a crazy old airplane engine. Wow. Like it's not like, so that would be like a cool project. Cause people look at it, they're like, yeah, what is that thing? It's like, Oh, I just bought an old airplane, like nine cylinder engine or whatever it is. And like modified everything. So that's <laughs> okay. the next step. <laughs> yeah. No, for sure. For sure. I think, um, you know, a lot of people would look at you and see that, that, would say that you've already taken like a next step being that, you know, not a lot of people sand cast their own parts. And even though it was for a bike for a competition, you know, um, there's, I think there's very few people that are sand casting, uh, one-off parts like you did. I mean, they may do parts here and there, but I think you kind of took the, (laughs) you kind of stepped up the bar a little bit for this, for this last, uh, for the last event, uh, being that, you know, the people's champ and then into born free. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the thing about sandcasting, it's funny, is like, um, it, it was like, when I, I, I actually, I wanted to get into it ages ago, like four years ago, and um, and I, I bought a leaflet book off the internet, it was like five bucks, mm-hmm. how to make your own foundry, and I made it, and then I ran it, like it took me forever to make the thing, because I was afraid it was going to blow up and kill me, because mm-hmm. it's like basically making a pipe bomb. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's sketchy. And um, and it gets up to, like, 1,200 degrees, so you never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I made it, and then it didn't work, or I thought it didn't work. But at, at the end of the day, I realized that what I was using was, it was, like, high-temp bronze shavings or something that was meant for bearing bronze or something. 
Hmm. You know, so it, 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 w- it wouldn't melt anyway. It's melting temperature was like 2200. But anyway, oh. so yada, yada. It took me forever to finally figure out everything and figure out how to make the molds and stuff. And uh, it was cool because, like, it was, like, the cheapest tool to have in the shop that I could make the most things mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. kind of thing. Like, you can make anything. If you can make it out of wood or whatever, mm-hmm. you can theoretically make it out of aluminum or bronze so i mean obviously it takes a long time to do it you know yeah. i but it, the, the ability is there so i was like oh that's awesome so you know it, and that's why youtube's cool you can learn anything off youtube <laughs> yeah for sure no and that's honestly that's how i started getting into welding i mean i'm not a welder by any any sense of the word i think i've welded probably less than five times and, um, but yeah. that's how, when I, when I wanted to even learn, I just went on YouTube, found like UCI down here has a metal fabrication shop that, um, you know, or a course or whatever it is. And they video everything and put it on YouTube. And I was like, how freaking cool is this? I mean, everything, yeah. everything you wanted to know. And then now you've got, you know, just about every dude on the planet that has welded probably now considers himself somewhat of a master and puts information up on the web. So, yeah. um, Actually, that's one thing I want to say. The the nuts thing was being in this competition, mm-hmm. and I, I I didn't even have a chance to say it to him in person. I don't know if you'll ever listen to this, but Jay Roche, mm-hmm. or Special 79, mm-hmm. I've, like, followed that dude forever, and he's one of the guys who puts videos on YouTube. And, like, you know, I'm always looking for, like, knowledge, like, you know, oh, how do I learn how to do this? Or even if somebody already know how to do, like, you know, watch a video on it and pick up some tips or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I've probably watched, like, every one of his videos just, like, you know, because the dude knows what he's doing. And uh, and to be in a competition with him, I was like, <laughs> I thought that was pretty nuts. Like, And he was all like, oh, it's so good to meet you, dude. I'm like, no, like, it's good to meet you, man. Like, yeah, it, yeah. Was, uh, it was quite a trip to be down there with, like, dudes that I've, like, respected for years and seen all their stuff and then, like, being a competition with them. That was pretty gnarly. <laughs> I, that's one of the things I love about this community, you know, that it is, um, it's kind of equivalent, and not everyone sees it like this, but in my eyes, there are certain individuals that kind of just fall naturally into this into this pot or into this pan, and it's they see it just like, you know, skateboarding or, like, you know, BMXing, it's like you're all kind of, you're in, you're on the same field, you're on, you're in the same skate park and yeah, some dude may be pulling tricks that you can't do yet or whatever, but you're all kind of in it together and, um, and they're not really closed off to, to sharing, you know, information or just being respectful and being cool. Like just because you do something better or you've won like, you know, three awards for something doesn't entitle you to be an ass, you know? And yeah. so, and people, people in this community, um, really live that out that I've, the people that I've interviewed, the people that I've spoke to, you know, off recording and everything that just in general are some of the yeah. coolest people that you'll ever meet. Yeah. It, it's, uh, there's probably, I, I can't even think of anyone off the top of my head that I've met through motorcycles in general <clears throat> or, or at born free that I thought was a dick. Oh, I have. Is, no, I'm just kidding. It's pretty nuts because there's been, I mean, in motorcycles, but in different motorcycles, not yeah. like through like, not like through like choppers. Yep. The only kind of flack that I've gotten is like, 
like it was funny. There was a motorcycle sh- or a, a car show locally. Mm-hmm. This is one of the only guys that pops in my head. There was a car show locally, and there was some old dude, and he was like looking at the panhead like two weeks ago. He's like, "Why the fuck did you ruin that thing? That was a nice <laughs> bike before you hacked it up." And that's like the only thing I can think of. But that was just some random day drunk old man. And he wasn't so, even kidding, huh? You no, know, <laughs> <laughs> he was serious. He was drunk at the Legion, like. Had his like brand new bike parked out front. Like I can't believe you would ruin that fine piece of machinery. Yeah. It's like all right, that's cool, man. Whatever. Go back to drinking. <laughs> it's about eleven thirty a.m. Like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's you know I think there's always someone out there that. Well, I mean, let's just be honest. Everybody has an opinion, and sometimes their opinions are helpful, and sometimes they're not. So. Oh yeah, and the I. Is. The only thing that I like. Yeah, the only bad opinions or bad things that anyone's, I don't know. I mean, it, it was funny to see people's opinion, like, of the bike that I built mm-hmm. when it was got put on, like, Biltwell's uh, Facebook or Instagram or something. Mm-hmm. Like, some dudes were like, oh, that thing's hideous. And it's like, <laughs> I, like, I looked through them all. Like, that seems kind of funny. Like, yeah, I totally creeped myself. <laughs> but, um, but it was funny because I knew that would happen. Like, I, yeah. I knew I was kind of going a bit too weird. Like, well, like even me, like at some points I was like, it's a bit weird, you know, but, um, it's not the standard chopper. And I knew some dudes would be like, that's kind of like, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I think there's a reason why you were selected, you know, from, uh, by a group of individuals who truly appreciate the magazine, um, show classes always, you know, held fast to the keep it classy. And I'm, I'm not tied yeah. as a podcast to Tim or any yeah. of any of the group from show class at all. I just really appreciate what they're doing. And I have a lot of respect for those guys. And, yeah, I know uh, those dudes are at, and in, 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 you know, trade or in, uh, in true fashion to what they do. Um, the people who check out that magazine and enjoy the magazine, enjoy choppers, you know, selected you because I think your bike is classy, honestly. And yeah, so thank you, man. hopefully I speak for most of the people out there, but, um, but that's just the truth. I mean, you were you were going up against again, like I said, um, other bikes that, you know, they were custom, but they weren't. I don't, I don't want to say this and and you know, belittle anyone who was in that competition at all. And I don't no, mean it. I was up against some stiff competition. I mean, like yeah, they like they all. It was funny because like I didn't know how tough the competition was going to be, mm-hmm. and I'd seen pictures, and then they showed up, and I'm like, whoa, like. Yeah, everyone really brought their A game to it. Yeah. And I mean, like it's kind of a harsh thing to turn choppers into like, you know, a competition. Yeah. But it, as far as the competition went, like it was a real competition. Like people, all like you could tell there was a lot of time and like everyone's bike and like some of that stuff was like flawless and like mm-hmm. you know a lot it, of it was, a lot of lost sleep. Not, yeah, <laughs> I don't think anyone slept, man. Like uh, the last. It was funny because I I started training myself like three months out from uh, from June. I don't even remember what month that was. I just stopped sleeping properly, <laughs> and I like and I was working like whatever it was, and then I I started asking for like a few hours off here and there, so I wasn't working completely full time. Mm-hmm. And because uh, they kind of knew what the deal was, and I'd just go home and just like not sleep. Well, yeah, it was nuts. So I, it was at one point the garbage can was filled to the brim with rock stars. Oh man! I was on like I was on like six a day or something. Jeez, <laughs> it was nuts. How's your heart? Did it recover? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Well, I think the Damoth will show up in a few years. I don't know if yeah, there's any. Wait, wait, wait till you're 40. It'll show up. Yeah. We'll know in a few years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I got the bike done, so whatever. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> well, okay, so from, you know, we've already touched on the fact that um, that you were chosen uh, to to be in the final group for uh, the People's, uh, People's Champ, uh, which happened at Cook's Corner the day before, or the evening before, rather, Born Free 5. And, um, and then you were also, the bike was on display, uh, at the show and, um, you know, it, it, again, it's not something that happens to everybody, you know, every day. I think that was, um, that was a really awesome, um, you know, piece of your history and also for everyone being there to be able to experience that, um, despite the 102 degree weather that was mind melting. (laughs) I know Grant and, and, uh, Mike, you know, they were just like, really the hottest day of the year, man. Yeah. But it is what it is. So, um, so then let me ask you, um, what, what are your plans for high test from, from here on out? I mean, are you working on another bike? Is, are you trying to, are you, what direction are you headed as far as like building? You're just going to continue doing stuff like what we saw at born free or you, you have something new in mind. Oh, I've got ideas. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's weird because a lot of the stuff that I think of, like, I, I love traditional chopper stuff, mm-hmm. but I I get influenced by the weirdest shit. Like, so, I don't know, like, I, I don't know, like, I have this idea to do, probably shouldn't let too many ideas out. Ah, <laughs> yeah, don't give um, it all away. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got some stuff, like, basically, I mean, every bike that I build, like, I like to do it completely different like my mentality is like if i can do it when i start doing it mm-hmm. like if it's not hard to do it's not like gonna be mind-blowing enough or something mm-hmm. like that's kind of like how i think like if it you know if there isn't some crazy struggle that i have to learn some nuts thing like i don't know that's just how my mind works so um but yeah for for high test like i want to build hopefully a bike every year like it's just something i like doing mm-hmm. and um I mean, unfortunately, at this point, like I've invested so much in the the Harley that I'll probably have to sell it to fund sure. anything else. Um, but yeah, I've got some ideas, like little small ones. Like after doing this bike and it was all squarey, I kind of like square lines and you know sharp, and I kind of for the next one a little bit more flowy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a little bunch more cast stuff, and I don't know. Got a few ideas, and then also I, I've got a. I've, I've got to start making the uh, kicker pedals. Mm. That's the next thing. And I'm trying to figure out, like, I've, I'm so used to doing one-off stuff mm-hmm. that I haven't actually spent any time on figuring out how to make 10 at once, some crazy number, like 10 at once, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I've, got to, I've got to get set up for that. And um, I don't know, hopefully, you know, sell one or two kicker pedals. <laughs> yeah, I mean... And uh, maybe fun some stuff that way. Um, yeah, I don't know. Well, I, 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 I never got into high test thinking it was a money making thing. It's just, right. it's just kind of an outlet for creative stuff and hope people like it, you know? Well, and I, and I don't, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, using high test as that outlet to sell those ideas. You know, if you have them, like you're, like you're saying with the kicker pedals, I know, um, we were talking before the show and, um, you do have a website, which I'm going to give out here at the end of the podcast, but, uh, you do have a website and you do have a shop and in the shop, I believe you have a shirt for sale. Um, yeah, and that's the only you, item up for sale actually this time. 
do you still have the patches or are those gone? Uh, I have, I, that's the thing. I've got to get those. I've got to get everything put up. The okay. one thing I'm not good at is internet. So I get other people to do it. And then, <laughs> and then they, people forget about it. So, but yeah, yeah I've got, um, I've got patches. I've got stickers, you know, stuff okay. like that. So at least I think patches are five bucks. If I remember correctly, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I think I'm but, looking at it right now. Everything looks normal priced. Um, and you do have the you have the kicker, uh, you have a diamond kicker pedal up there right now. Um, yeah, that's pre-order because I got That's what I'm trying to do. I'm got to set up the casting, mm-hmm. and then depending on how many people uh, want it, then I've got to make the boxes and all that stuff. Because that's the thing. Like I can't I can't do stuff on a whim. Like I wish I had someone to cast stuff for me. Like mm-hmm. I can just make the prototype and be like, make a hundred of these. Right. But uh, with the foundry in my shop, like it's a long drawn out process of. <laughs> You know, okay, make the boxes, get all this, and then like, and then I get uh, get all the metal. I've got to make the ingots, et cetera, et cetera. So. Well, I think the yeah. rad thing about that, if you really think about it, you know, a lot of guys do do low run numbers. They do do. I don't know if you caught that. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they do run. You know, small numbers worth of things. Um, but uh, it usually it doesn't involve sand casting, and if it does. I would look at that like almost custom, like custom knife making. Like, yeah, I can make 10 of these, but I'm going to have to forge each blade and I'm going to have to shape each blade. So it truly is a custom kicker. And while maybe the everyday Joe is not going to go there and go, oh, I want a diamond kicker pedal that's forged or uh, or cast rather, there truly will probably be some people out there that would be like, dude, I want that kicker pedal because nobody else has it. Yeah, and I, I thought they were cool because it was like the design came off um – like, uh, I don't know, it's basically based on, like, an old bicycle pedal. I was going to say, it looks like an old Huffy pedal. Yeah, well, I don't know. Sure. I don't know. <laughs> He's like, Huffy? <laughs> <laughs> Huffy's... I, like, 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 when I think of Huffy, I just think of, like, harsh, like, 2000s, like, BMX bikes. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but, uh, but no, like, but, yeah, like, old old 30s style, just, like, you know. Oh, yeah, old, yeah, yeah. Old bicycle stuff. Okay, I see that now. Yeah, definitely... Um, you can see it has more of a vintage look to it. And um, then, yeah, and then that's the other thing, like, and they'll all be either, I think, patinaed mm-hmm. or, um, I don't know, sandblast, raw, something like that. I got to figure out the polishes, people, or figure out the finishes. Some people wanted polish, but I don't even know if I want to do that. I don't even, it's weird. I don't even like shiny stuff anymore. Yeah. And everyone's like, you know, I knew uh, that's kind of the thing with the Harley. Like, people were like, why are you going to polish the whole bike? Like, it's a show bike. Like, you're bringing it to a show. It's like, well, I don't know. You're like, because. <laughs> like, I knew everyone else. I knew everyone else's bikes were going to be gleaming yeah. and mine would be, like, in the corner. Like, what the hell is that thing? Like, <laughs> like you poured acid on it? I don't get it. No, but, uh, I don't think people thought that at all. I think they were kind of like, whoa, wait a second. Like, I remember, and okay, of course, this is a podcast centered around, you know, the people and their lives. But seriously, I mean, this bike blew my mind when I saw it. Like the fact that you had the air intake through the tank and then down. Oh, you caught that. No one caught that. Dude, that blew my mind. I remember grabbing my buddy John and I'm like, dude, 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 come over and check out this bike. And he's like, dude, that's badass. And I go, hold on, you ready? Check out where the intake is. And he went over and looked and he goes, are you kidding me? And I said, nope. <laughs> Look at that thing. So, and, and it's, 
that's the thing I love about this bike. If you're on um, Instagram or you're on the web, you can go to, uh, to high, so I'm going to give out the website now. You can go to hightestspeed.com um, or you can go to instagram.com forward slash, uh, I think it is hightest underscore speed. And you can see uh, the steam hammer um, in all of its glory. And you may not be able to see it up close like I got to at the party and like other people did, but you'll see what I'm talking about by the details. And I think that's one of the things that, um, another thing that you bring to the table is, uh, details, you know, it's definitely, um, it sets work apart and it also takes people to appreciate that type of work too. Right. Yeah. I, if there's anything I'm good at, it's overthinking everything. (laughs) That makes for some pretty killer, um, pretty killer stuff, you know, as far as like, um, the, I mean, just, I'm almost at a loss for words here. Wow. <laughs> the, way, the way to think about that. Oh, Hey, you know, what? I want to do this since it's kind of art nouveau, like 1920s, like let's make the intake come down through the tank, almost like, you know, early ships, you know, and I'm just, yeah, no, pulling that, that was, uh, I remember we, me and some guys, we went up to seashell last year, mm-hmm. uh, seashells like on the ferry ride, you know, go to Vancouver Island or just not even Vancouver Island on the coast. It's actually where they had the Dice Magazine premiere this year. Mm-hmm. And um, but anyway, we were coming back in the ferry last year, and they're like, Trev, some good, uh, my friend Clay, the guy actually wired this bike, he was like, um, he was like, are you build any more bikes? I was like, yeah, I've got this crazy idea. Like, I'm going to run the intake through the tank, I think. I'm like, I'm trying to figure out how to do it. And then we were like talking about it, and I'm like, well, now I've told people, like, i got to do it. Yeah. So. <laughs> you put yourself on the line. Yeah, so now I, I figured out a way. Like, it got kind of weird because obviously you wanted to, like, isolate the motor from the tank mm-hmm. but still direct air through it. So I had to, like, rig up, like, there had to be a part that flexed, obviously, yeah. in it. So I had to figure out all that stuff and make it, you know, ducked in. And I was actually going to move, like, modify the intake, like, take up the intake and modify the carb and hide it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I was going to do all this, like, crazy stuff. So people were like where's the carb like, you know, where's the intake? I don't get it. Well, and uh, and again, I think if you look at all the details on this bike, I think you're, you may, you know, have people maybe after this podcast, you'll have people going over and checking out uh, Instagram and commenting on the pictures because they'll start to notice little things like that. I mean, the fact that um, one of the things that got me was the fact that you had mid controls on this pan and they went through the primary. Um, that's, That's not something you see all the time. Uh, yeah. At least on a panhead. You know, you may see it on a Sportster uh, coming out of a primary um, or the the cover, rather. Actually, you'd see it over coming over the top. But Well, that, and then, yeah, that whole primary was handmade as well. Yeah. And actually, um, the funny thing is, is the, I don't even know what it's called. I guess, like, I don't know, the removable cover thingy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what it's called because I made the damn thing from scratch, so I didn't know. Yeah, the turby cover <laughs> the or whatever. Cover? Uh-huh. So I, I don't know, I don't know the Harley terms because it's like, all the words I made up myself when I was making it. In, the um, inspection plate. <laughs> yeah, the, the thingy-mabob that you screw off. Yep. Um, but that thing was uh, um, uh, an ashtray, a glass ashtray. Wow. That I was like, that'd be pretty nuts. And then so I cast it. And uh, and then the ribbing on it, that was... Um, I used to work at a... Um, uh, industrial like like we were making trucks essentially mm-hmm. and uh they had all these offcuts of ribbed flooring mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's gnarly like i want that so 
I grabbed a bunch of it, and no one knew what the hell I was doing. Like, why do you want, like, two feet of this flooring? What are you going to do with it? And I just had it sitting in the in my shop for, like, two years, and then I was like, okay, time to break out the flooring. That's awesome. <laughs> but it was rad. I mean, it was perfect for it. So. Well, there, and there are, again, there's many, many other things on this bike that I think will blow your mind if you're an enth- a true enthusiast and you really, um, you know, appreciate uh, the details and the creativity that go in behind you know, making a chopper. And, and I know we've been, because this is Travis's time to shine here on chop, on Chopper Profits, but there are a lot of builders out there that are doing things um, that are unique. And um, I think it's cool also how people draw off each other within this community. I think that's a really, that's a really cool thing. Um, yeah. The, um, the final question I want to ask you, actually there's two questions left. Um, and this is kind of the norm closing question. So um, first question I want to ask you is what is the most difficult thing that you've had to deal with in your life thus far? Ooh. Um, and I know that's putting you on the spot, but. Damn, I don't know. I I can't really think too much. So I, I, I listen to Larry's interview and I don't have anything that equals that. I, I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of been lucky. Um Man, I don't know. I wish I could think of some crazy stuff because I, I feel like I got to compete. Um, <laughs> <laughs> don't don't feel I don't, like I don't that. know. I've 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 been like, what's the hardest thing I've had to do? Yeah, or the most. Um, uh, I, guess... I mean, I guess we're ta- I guess we're talking about motorcycles. I don't know. I don't, I don't have any one one single thing that's been super harsh. Um, well, and it could be anything. Like you know, growing up, it could be your life. Like, what's the most difficult thing, situation, you know, person, whatever. That you've had to well, deal with. Well, uh, one of the things, one of the things is, I mean, I guess this is a motorcycle thing. Like one of the hardest things is just, uh, I don't know. Like, like, I'm, like when I when I first started doing all this, mm-hmm. I, I obviously like I always wanted to be able to build stuff and people to be able to see it. Mm-hmm. You know, that was always kind of the goal. I mean, like you say, if you're a guitarist or something, and you get to a certain level, you you want to go play a show. You right. Know? Right. And so people can see it. Like I'm just some guy up in Canada, you know. No, I mean, it, I mean, there's not much around. I mean, there is. There's Vancouver and whatnot, but I mean, it, the probably the hardest thing is just not to be like, well, fuck it, I'll just go do something else. You know? Yeah. I've always it's always been like crazy hard. Like, and it, and when I think about it, with with especially with motorcycles, like I would have more money if I didn't do what I did. Sure. If I didn't go to work, come to my shop and work for eight hours to make negative dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. so one of the hardest things I think is just not to, is just to keep going with what I really have a passion for. Right. And, um, I don't have any one exact instance, but I mean, like just to, you know, just to know that hopefully if you, if I work hard enough, that something rad will happen well, and, the- uh, keep reminding myself that. The reason why I asked that question too is, is, um, you know, there's, we have a fairly uh, decent amount of listeners. I, I hate statistics and I usually pay no attention to them. Um, but we do have a significant number of people who have downloaded the podcast since it came online in April of this year, being that we are all human beings. Um, we can identify with the struggles of others, right. Um, in some way, shape or form. And what you just described to me is the, um, 
I can't think of the word for it, but it is the signature struggle for an artist. You know, you, yeah. just because your art involves, you know, machinery and it's more industrial and it's more, um, you know, I don't want to say hands-on, but more, um, it's more of a trade, you know, so to speak, I mean, painting and, and machining and fabbing and all that and casting, um, doesn't make it any less art than someone who's a fine artist or an abstract impressionist or a tattooist or a musician, but it's a common struggle. So I love asking questions like that because, you know, basically you're sending a message of hope to everybody else and, and they're kind of, uh, regurgitating that to their, or I shouldn't say regurgitating, they're giving that back out to, you know, people that they know in the sense that, Hey, this is difficult and hard, but I'm not going to give up because I'm passionate about it. Yeah, man. I mean, I, I honestly think if you work your ass up for anything, you can, you can get whatever you want. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, I don't know. It may not be what you, <laughs> it may not be what you need, but it, it'll be what you want. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, you know, that's such as life. You know, we, we, we learn by trial and error and we do things uh, by just putting one foot in front of the other. So with that. Yeah. I, I think I've always kind of screwed myself by setting insane goals too. Hmm. Like, I was just, you know, like that cheese dick, like, ad they had in, like, you know, the, the counselor in high school's room, like, mm-hmm. shoot for the moon. If you if you miss, you land among the stars. Like, right. you know, like I always, I always, like, set my goals, like, crazy high, and then I'm like, I didn't reach them, you know? But, uh, you shoot for Pluto, and you actually land on, like, Mars, and you're like, damn it. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just, <laughs> I have no idea what I'm talking about anymore. But, yeah, no, I mean, no, like, I always... Uh, it's, it makes perfect sense. Sorry, I didn't mean to derail you. It's perfect. No, no, that's cool. It's absolutely perfect. I understand completely what you're saying, and I bet you more than half the people who are listening understand because I think that's a quality within passionate people and artistic people um, that is commonly found. You set a high standard for yourself, and very rarely do you do you reach that standard. In fact, if ever. And even if you do, you don't realize you do because you, you know there's stuff wrong with it. Yep. yep. <laughs> like my motorcycle, people are like, oh, this bike's dope. And I'm like, yeah, but the thing here, like, you know, because yep. you know everything that's wrong and you're like, you never realize where you're at. Yeah. But Well, and you're always thinking the next thing or, or, you know, if you do get past whatever quote unquote flaws you see in your previous artwork, you move on to the next thing and you're thinking, okay, I'm going to go here. And people are talking about your previous work and you're like, yeah, yeah. Oh, thanks. Thank you. You're sincere, <laughs> but you're already thinking about the next thing. Yeah. So I got it sketched out already. Yeah. I just gotta <laughs> get some more money and then I can move on. <laughs> and and that, my friend, seems like the true struggle of the artist in order to do yeah. the next thing. That's the thing with motorcycles too. Motorcycles are a funny one. I mean, like you know, it, I wish I was like a painter or a knitter or something. Yeah. Like, you know, so it's like I wanna start a new project. Oh cool, I've got five bucks, like Go get some yarn. I'm gonna knit some. Yeah, like that would be awesome to me. Like I'm jealous of those people. Yeah, but uh, motorcycles are a little different. <laughs> I got five bucks. Uh, okay, that won't get me jack. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can buy. Uh, oh, I can't buy anything. <laughs> Looks I can like buy five dollars gas when the bike's done. Right. <laughs> I don't know how much that would get you up there. It wouldn't. It would probably get us a gallon down here. Yeah, I don't know. We we go by liters. I'm terrible at math, so I wouldn't even bother that equation. <laughs> you, I'd probably get about the same. I would think somewhere around there. Probably whatever probably it would some. it would equal out. Yeah. What? Um, it's funny because we're right near the border. Actually, my 
uh, I'm probably five minutes from the border, Washington State. Okay. And uh, your gas is way cheaper. Like people line up at the border to go over the border and get gas on Sundays. Gosh. It's crazy. And they just get gas turned around. Yeah. It's just crazy. Anyway, back to you. Uh, last question I want to ask you, and then I'll let you go so you can get some sleep. Um, what is the, and I may already know the answer to this one, but what is the single greatest thing that's happened to you so far in your life? So far? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just, well, I don't know, like, again, I guess as far as motorcycles goes, like, um, yeah, I mean, being able to make it down to Born Free, and it wasn't even so much making it getting I mean it was obviously the whole the whole deal but I think one of the the hardest things of that was like push knowing that I can push myself that hard mm-hmm. to work that hard and then now that it's all done it's like I can do that you know like it was it was crazy it was absolutely crazy and uh just being able to get it done like I think that, like the fear of like not being able to get this thing done California mm-hmm. like motivated me insane so uh yeah I don't know it was, it was it's been a goal for a long time like to be able to uh do something like that and, and to finally make it down there and actually and then that was the thing about this bike I didn't want even though I was building on a timeline mm-hmm. I didn't want to cut any corners with it like people were saying oh like don't do that just you know like even some people were like just buy a tank off lowbrow like uh, you know, yeah. I wanted to, I wanted to build the vision I had in my head, even if it meant I didn't sleep mm-hmm. and, uh, all that hard work. And then to be able to actually get down there and, uh, have it completed, you know, that was pretty rad. Cause I mean, especially to, you know, like I even had to paint the thing like the night before we drove, I was like painting and I, it was not, and I, it was, it's always the paint jobs that you like don't plan for at all mm-hmm. that always turn out the best. Like it was painted in a shed and like I hadn't painted in like five years and <laughs> it, it came out mint and there were like flies buzzing around and all this stuff and like mosquitoes and like there aren't any mosquitoes in it. Like, I don't know how that happened, but <laughs> I think, I think it was just meant to be, I don't know. It just all, it all worked out. So I, I think it's amazing. Um, you know, <laughs> I'm sitting here while you're talking, I'm actually going through the pictures in your blog and checking them out. I, I know what I'm going to be doing tomorrow. Just kind of, uh, flipping back through the pictures. Um, yeah, thanks, man. Absolutely. Well, you can um, f- you can catch up with uh, Travis by hitting uh, hightestspeed.com. That'll take you to the intro page to uh, his website, and you'll know it's his because it says high test, and there's a flying pig on there, which is awesome. <laughs> that and, gives uh, it away. <laughs> and also you can follow him on Instagram at instagram.com forward slash hightest underscore speed or within the Instagram app, just look for at high test underscore speed and add him or follow him. Um, it seems like you're, you're definitely updating that more than you are the blog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's uh, it's not cause I forgot about the blog. It's actually cause I'm terrible with computers No, I understand. and, uh, and I, it, it, it just won't let me, I, I got an iPad thinking it'd be better, but I can't even put a picture on it anymore. So I, the only time I've updated in the last like eight months was at my friend's house. Well, the updates that are there are phenomenal. I was looking at your um, at the Show Class Magazine People's Champ offering, and um, the post was made on January 18th, 2013, so it was right at the beginning of uh, this year, 
and um, you list everything kind of going into the concept. And I love the very end. It says, and one glorious ride to California. And I think, yeah, well, that ride didn't happen. It was in the back of a minivan, but it was, it was still glorious. I was going to say it's still glorious. I remember (laughs) hearing, I remember hearing um, someone, they were near, I think it was at the end of the night at uh, on Friday night, or it may have been at the end of born free. Anyway, they saw you loading the bike into the back. Was it your mom's minivan? No, it's my minivan. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> That's mine, man. That's oh my man. Shoot. I'm going to have to edit this out. Maybe I'll just leave it in. No, no, that's cool. Just leave it in. That's great. Because the comment that was made to it me... gets great gas mileage. I bet. <laughs> someone <laughs> someone told me, they came up to me, and I quote, this is literally, it's paraphrased, but it's almost an exact quote. They said, man, that dude's so down to earth, he's loading that bike into the back of his mom's minivan to drive it back to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> that's all true, other than that that's mine. <laughs> yeah. That's right, man. You gotta it, claim the whip. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens when you spend all your money on motorcycles. You get to drive that thing, but it got <laughs> it's you like here. A, it's a just so everyone gets a picture in the head. It's like a '98 uh, Plymouth Voyager, mm. so it's pretty sweet. Espresso version. I think that means it's higher end. There you so go. It's it got, pretty nuts. It got you so down got here the, and back. Got, what's that? I said it got you down here and back. Yeah, two years in a row now. That's so. awesome. Good to go. It's at like 500 or 450,000 kilometers. I don't know what that equates to in miles, but it's probably a lot. (laughs) A couple billion, I think. (laughs) No, I think miles are a little more than kilometers. Yeah. uh, It's probably about 200 and something thousand. Yeah, it hasn't blown up yet. That's awesome. And I look super cool doing it. The best part is pulling the the pan out of the back of the the minivan. That's the best part. I parked really far away, so no one would catch that. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess I'm glad it made it to the radio. So. Yeah, it did. You heard the story on here. <laughs> who, who was that? Was that uh, Carrie? Uh, Carrie Hader? I don't know. I just that's remember. The only guy, cause he, there was a photographer guy, and I like just got out of the van, and he showed up with his camera. And I was like, oh, like... Let me push it like twenty feet that way, and then I'll pretend this isn't my van. But, uh, but yeah, no, he took some good uh, photos. Carrie uh, Quinton Hater, I think, is his name on okay. Instagram or something. But yeah, good, good shots. That's awesome. I mean, say what you want about the whip, but the bike says it all. <laughs> I didn't build the van; I built a motorcycle. Right. So if that means anything. Right. <laughs> Well, Travis, I want to thank you very much for uh, finally letting us sync up with you and and, um, talking with you. And um, we're going to catch up again. You know, I'd like to keep this podcast going for as long as people will tolerate tolerate it. And uh, if that means having you back on the show and catching up and seeing what's going on for 2014, we'll do that. Anytime, man. I enjoyed it. Awesome. So again, uh, as we say goodbye to Travis here, you can uh, check him out at hightestspeed.com. Or uh, you can check him out on Instagram at high test underscore speed. And um, the name of the shop is High Test Speed and Machine. And he's on the west coast of Canada. And um, yeah, it's been, Vancouver. It's, it's been a pleasure having you on, man. Thanks, man. All right. We'll, talk to, we'll talk to you soon. All right.